This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Strangers and Aliens, episode 158. The Strangers and Aliens summer movie series. Ant-Man and Pixels. Okay, so this one, this episode of Strangers and Aliens is going to be a little bit different because normally when we do a summer movie series movie, we talk about one movie and we talk about that one movie. Usually there'll be a guest or it'll be the full crew or at least be me and Steve. Um, but for this one, we're, we're going to do this a little bit different here. It's just me for this episode. Just Ben, Ben Avery. And um, normally I do a spoiler free opening and then a spoiler filled end discussion. Not doing that this time. Normally it's one movie. We're doing two movies. This one it's thematically linked, though. Uh, these two movies are uh, now I will say there'll be minor spoilers for one of the movies I'm going to talk about. And there will be major spoilers for the other movie that I'm going to talk about. And in a moment, I'll tell you which is which. But I won't spoil anything until after I give my my letter grade to these movies. And I'm not going to say which uh, right now. Uh, the movie that I do spoil, though, I do spoil that movie because it does not deserve your time. It does not deserve your attention. It does not deserve your money. The movie that I do spoil uh, does deserve, I, I think, at least one viewing, especially if you like that genre of, of movies. And I, I think, you know, theater, rental, I mean, you could watch this movie in, in any place. Uh, I'm not going to say you must see it in the theater like some of the other movies this summer that I really have felt deserve to be seen on the big screen. Um, both of these movies, I'll say, you don't necessarily need to see in the theater. One of them, I'll say, you should see it. I think you'd enjoy it. The other one, I'll say, stay away. I have never felt so angry about a movie. Maybe I won't say maybe I won't say never. I haven't felt so angry about a movie in a long time. I've not seen such a terrible movie in a long time. By now, you've probably guessed which one. I mean, we're talking about Ant-Man and Pixels here. And by now, you've probably been able to say, okay, I know he's not talking about this one when he says terrible, terrible, terrible. So it must be this other one that he's talking about. But um, we'll get there. We'll get there. For now, I, I do want to say thematically, these two movies are linked. And it, as I started thinking about it, it was more than just one theme. Now, there is one that's very, very obvious. Both are about tiny things. Uh, one is about ants and one is about pixels. And so the one that's about ants is about a superhero who can shrink himself down into a tiny thing and you can control tiny things. The one, uh, the other one pixels is about an alien invasion that uses tiny things, pixels and puts them together to be something much, much bigger than the whole. And so actually both of them, if you think about it are, are kind of about taking a bunch of really tiny things and using them to accomplish a task in Ant-Man it's ants that are being controlled by a man who can shrink down to their size and he has to accomplish a superhero task. In Pixels, it's aliens who are trying to accomplish the task of uh, destroying the Earth. Um, but both are about tiny things. Both actually start in the 80s. In Pixels, it starts in 1982 with two nerdy type guys who are really into video games. 
And in uh, Ant-Man, it starts in 1989, and we actually get a flashback to uh, what was going on with uh, some some of the um, Marvel Cinematic Universe's history. And we get to see Hank Pym, uh, and, and I'll say this right now. This is one of those minor spoilers I was talking about, I guess, but um, they de-age Michael Douglas, and they do so really, really well. They make him look like he looked when he was – in his prime in, in the, the 80s. And so they 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 de-age him nicely. Um, the child actors actually in Pixels, though, that they bring in to play the adult characters or to play the young versions of the adult characters, uh, those young actors are actually pretty good too and look a lot like the people who they are supposed to look like in the present day. I was, I was pleasantly surprised at that. Um, and the 80s opening in the pixels was kind of fun to see. It was kind of a, you know, a little time warp. And, and that's where I thought pixels was going, actually, was that nostalgia. And I felt that nostalgia that they were trying to get me to feel for the first couple minutes there. So both start in the 80s. Both deal with um, 80s Cold War sentiment a little bit. And then the aftermath here and now and what our society is now compared to what it was then. Um, both kind of gloss over it. It's not an intentional theme that they're dealing with. I think it's really more of an unintentional consequence of here we're going to show kids in the 80s or a spy organization in the 80s, and now we're going to see where they are right now. And with Ant-Man right now, they're dealing with corporate espionage. Um, you know, And what's happened with Hydra in the previous movies uh, and, and on TV somewhat, but what's happened with Hydra in – in previous movies with Ant-Man, what they're doing is they're they're showing, okay, this is where Hydra is going. It's it's corporate. It's um it's still, you know, some of the you know political intrigue and that kind of thing, but it's political intrigue in the context of arms deals and that kind of thing. And with Pixels, it's all about what happens when these guys grow up and they spent so much time playing video games. And that's really for one of them, that's his only skill set. Uh, is is playing video games and he never really was able to escape um, and and to really have really act on his his true potential. So both uh, also feature uh, an unlikely unlikely hero and his group of wacky friends. Um, in Ant Man, it's uh, some of his criminal friends who he knows from prison uh, because he was there as a Robin Hood type of guy. And in Pixels, it's Adam Sandler's um, group of, of zany friends that um, he knows from just when he was a kid. Both are tasked with taking a concept that could be completely stupid and to try and make it feel like it's a legitimate action movie and also to make it make sense. And, and so that's, that's not easy. With Ant-Man, it's a superhero who can shrink down to half an inch tall. Uh, that's that's something that I've heard many people talk about. That's ridiculous. That's stupid. That's so you know old fashioned. Um, I look at. I mean, they're saying it's it's Iron Man meets Honey I Shrunk the Kids, and and there's some truth to that. But at the same time, the idea of Honey I Shrunk the Kids, it's kind of a cool idea. Now I do. Um, I believe I've I've read somewhere where the Ant Man movie. Back in the 80s, they were trying to actually get one off the ground, and uh, they ended up canceling the production 
before it got very far because Disney was doing a shrink movie, a shrinking movie already with with Honey, I Shrink the Kids. Um, but both of them are, have have to do that. They have to overcome this idea of looking at it and saying, okay, video games are sent down to Earth by aliens, but they're our video games that we recognize. Pac-Man, Galaga, Centipede. That's, yeah, at face value, that's not an easy sell. Ant-Man, the superhero who shrinks down, and he talks to ants. Uh, I mean, this is... This is the problem with Aquaman, you know, is that that impression of Aquaman is he talks to fish, you know, um, but with both Ant-Man and Aquaman, it's not talking to the it's, it's, it's controlling them. You know, it's these are members of an army for these heroes. These are uh, not sidekicks necessarily, but they are helpers. They are um, weapons and they are an army. And and so that's that's where I, I, I say, you know what? Um, if you don't like ants, if you don't like the idea, you know, kind of that fantasy idea of controlling animals and that kind of thing, then yeah, you're, you're gonna have a problem with it. But if you can look past that, it's actually used really, really well. Um, but yeah, so both have that concept that could be ridiculous, but you know, whatever, uh, both feature an unlikely hero. I already said that both feature women and both scripts could have done better with their women that they featured. And one of them was intentionally demeaning to women and basically spent the movie objectifying them and kind of mocking them a little bit, um, not really empowering them, though. The other one did so because they were trying to tell a story that kind of unintentionally pushed the primary female lead into the background, into more of a thankless kind of background supporting role. Um, So both of them could have done better with their treatment of women. But one wasn't even really trying uh, because of humor. And the other one was trying to tell an emotional story. And it just wasn't her emotional story that they were going to focus on the most. Both feature high concepts that have to be explained and need rules to their world, to their science fiction fantasy elements uh, to make those concepts work. And we'll talk more about that because one of them really breaks the rules and the other one does not. Both movies were movies that I saw on opening Thursday uh, at the early midnight show. Ant-Man, I went and saw at the 7 o'clock midnight show. And Pixels, I saw at the 9.30 midnight show the following week. Ant-Man, I was very excited about seeing because it was the MCU. And, you know, I like superhero movies. Uh, Pixels, I was not so excited about seeing but it looked like it had the potential to at least be a diverting 90 minutes. And so I was treating myself to a movie after I finished, um, I finally finished the entire 12-issue series, if you're looking at uh, the different chapters, or three-book series of graphic novels, if you're looking at the three sections, or just great big, giant, long graphic novel, if you're just going to take it in one you know, one volume Um but anyway, we're talking a few hundred pages of the Christ, the life of Christ. Uh, and it's all four Gospels, all of the event, events in the Gospels uh, in chronological order, as best as my research was able to, to pull it together. And so I was, I done the last, that night before, the night before I had just finished the last page 
I formatted the last two issues, issue 11 and 12. I wrote them at the same time so that I could shuffle things around if I needed to for space. When I, As I was doing issue 12, I didn't want to run out of space to do uh, some of the important elements. And so I I was able to shuffle things around. So I did issue 11 and 12. It was like Back to the Future 2 and 3. I was working on issue 11 and 12 at the same time and finished them. I was excited. Uh, normally, when I finish a large project like that, I uh, we end up doing a special meal with my family, which we're still going to do. You know, Daddy finished his his book, but this time I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do that. But my wife has family in town, so it's really not a good time to do that yet. And maybe we'll do that tomorrow night. But uh, with the movie, I was just like, you know what? I'm done. This is fun. I'm just going to go see a fun movie. You know, I'm going to go see a fun movie that I'm not seeing because I have to because I do a podcast about Marvel. Uh, I'm going to go see a fun movie that just looks like it might be goofy and diverting. Uh, So anyway, um, one of these movies really succeeds, in my opinion. And one of these movies really, really fails. Hard. I hated it so bad. I wanted my money back. I was sitting there getting angry because it was just not getting good. I felt like Homer Simpson when he was watching NPR. No, he's watching PBS and Garrison Keillor from NPR was on TV doing a pledge drive and he's telling jokes and Homer Simpson is punching his TV. You know, the way we used to hit our, our tube TVs when it wouldn't work. He's like hitting it. He's get funny. Get funny. Get funny. I felt like going up to the projector and shaking it and telling it to get funny. Get funny. But let's talk about Ant-Man. <laughs> Ant-Man. Uh, you can go to welcome7.com slash Ant-Man movie, actually. And you can get a much longer analysis and a much longer discussion about the Ant-Man movie. I did it with uh, my co-host over there, Daniel Butcher. And so if you listen to this podcast and that podcast, then technically speaking, I guess that could count as a summer movie series guest, even though Daniel's not really a guest on this podcast, but you are getting a second voice. So, okay, maybe it doesn't count. It doesn't matter. Welcome to level7.com slash Ant-Man movie. That's where you can find our long review about the movie. We talk in depth about character and plot and theme and style. And one of us enjoyed it and the other one uh, thought it was okay. So, you know, but go over there and, you know, Welcome to Level 7 is a podcast where we do, we reviewed every single Marvel movie. Uh, We've even reviewed the two television Captain America movies. And we've reviewed um, just a lot of the, well, all the TV stuff. And we're in the middle of doing Daredevil right now. But uh, in a nutshell, I really enjoyed Ant-Man. I thought it was fun. I thought it had some thematic elements that that resounded with me, the thematic elements being basically father-daughter relationships. And I am a father to three daughters, and I have a relationship with them. And so some of the stuff resounded with me because – and I don't want to spoil too much, but uh, you know, Ant-Man, Paul Rudd, Scott Lang – uh, Paul Rudd plays Scott Lang, and he's just getting out of prison, and, and he's trying to build a relationship with his daughter, and his wife and her fiance are, are getting in the way of that. And I'm not going to get into all the details about how they're getting in the way of that and and how all that relationship works. I'm just going to say that it's I, – I it resounded with me. Some of it did. And even the father-daughter relationship that you had with Hank Pym and his daughter, Hope, and – 
Uh, which, by the way, a name nice, nice and on the nose right there calling his daughter Hope. But there's a history there that does go back to when she was a child that goes back to when Hank Pym was the superhero Ant-Man. And so it was nice to see that there actually was a superhero before the Avengers assembled. Captain America, still the first Avenger, strictly speaking. Ant-Man wasn't an Avenger, but Captain America as a superhero uh, predates Ant-Man. But Ant-Man himself was active between the Captain America era and the Avengers era. And that was nice to see and, and fun to see, um, you know, this aging superhero kind of passing on the mantle. That's that's the idea. The big idea with Ant-Man is you have a passing on of the mantle. And whether you're a parent or not, that's something that you can understand because, you know, you're you look at that and you either had the mantle passed on to you by your parents or you are passing on the mantle to someone else. And it, it could also be in a workplace situation or it could be, you know, a mentor to a mentee, that kind of thing. So you have the passing on the mantle. Uh, in this case, it's Ant-Man to Ant-Man. And then you also have the, you know, the, the father-daughter dynamic. And, and there's some other ideas there about wanting to do good, uh, wanting to uh, be one of the good guys. Uh, there's a character who... You know, he's a career criminal, but, you know, he gets to be one of the good guys and he kind of likes it. And there's, so there's elements there that I I liked and I enjoyed. And, and thematically, yes, it's not real deep. It's shallow. OK, but it's there. It's there. It's not a matter of, of nothing being there. It's, it's it really is a matter of, um, you know, it's a fun story that has good things to say. Uh, and it's yeah, good things to say in a general sense, but you know, basically, be a good guy, not a bad guy. Be a good dad, not a bad dad. And you know, when you get old, you gotta pass it on. So yeah, not deep or anything like that. And it was funny, but it was funny to me without being goofy. I do know I've read some people who have uh, thought the humor wasn't good enough, who thought the humor was. Uh, too much. Uh, to me, it just kind of hit that perfect sweet spot right there. Um, there's some stylistic flourishes that I really, really enjoyed. I really did. And yeah, and one of them uh, kind of actually gave me flashbacks to my favorite Quentin Tarantino movie. They use some background music in a really funny way that a character tells a story. And the background music actually comes from uh, Jackie Brown, which is my favorite Quentin Tarantino movie. Uh, it wasn't for a long time because I actually thought it looked boring. I never actually watched it. But when I finally watched it, I thought this is this is really fun. This is I, I, I really enjoyed the movie. So the background music came from that, but it also came from 70s um, kind of the 70s uh, blaxploitation movie called Coffee. And so and, and that's kind of what the what Ant-Man is referencing with a lot of it. it it's a heist movie. There's the element of, you know, we've got to break in and steal this. We got to break in and steal that. And so there's a few different uh, heists involved in the movie itself. Some of them are on a larger scale than on others. But as a heist movie, you can tell they're kind of looking back, just like with Captain America Winter Soldier, they were looking back at political thrillers of the 70s. I felt like they were kind of looking back at 70s uh, cinema and 70s crime movies or heist movies with with ant-man now with ant-man though it's definitely a more family friendly version of those heist movies i guess uh there is some language 
that, that you can find in Ant-Man. Um, I was surprised at one or two of the words that actually did come out of uh, some of the characters' mouths, uh, which makes this so it's not I, – I don't see this as an all-ages movie. I really don't. Um, the PG-13 is – you know, a, a pretty, pretty good guideline here. Uh, you know, if, this is not a strong PG-13 as far as violence goes or as far as sexuality goes. Very little, um, very little sexual content, uh, unlike, say, you know, the Iron Man movies. Uh, there's uh, there's some language. It's definitely uh, a lot of the Marvel approved language that gets into that. And, you know, I didn't appreciate that that language myself. And, Whenever I see a Marvel movie, I have to say to myself, okay, is this one that I would feel comfortable watching with my kids? The Iron Man movies, not so much. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, I, I wouldn't feel comfortable watching with my kids, at least not right now. Uh, this one, I'm a little bit on the fence, uh, but because it is just one or two things, I, I, I do think that I'm probably going to go ahead and, and not my younger kids, but my my two teenage kids, I, I probably will watch it with them. Uh, it's and my son, you know, he's really he he loves the Captain America arm of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, Winter Soldier is one of his favorite movies of all time. He likes the Avengers movies and he liked the first Avenger. This one, because of some characters that are in it, um, it, it definitely fits into that Avengers Captain America side of things rather than the Avengers Iron Man side of things. And so this one, I, I, I think I would feel comfortable taking my children to it, but there would definitely be maybe some discussion about the language afterward. Um, so beyond beyond the language, the violence is it's there, but it's definitely a more cartoony, unrealistic sci-fi fantasy violence and not so hard-hitting and not bloody, not gory and that kind of thing. Um, so it, I, it bounced, though, to me, it bounced with this kind of fun, bouncy energy that takes it slightly above the stereotypical superhero movie that it could have been. But uh, because of the energy, because of the style, because of the characters, really, it it goes beyond just being a superhero origin story. It is a superhero origin story, but it, it goes above and beyond that slightly. Uh, so let's talk about Pixels. And this is the one... Um, I tried not to spoil Ant-Man. I tried to just give information that doesn't even go as far as the trailers gave us. But with Pixels, if you plan to see this movie, uh, I'm about to spoil it. Not heavily. I, I'm not going with the intention of spoiling the ending for you, although the ending may come out of my mouth as I begin talking about it. But uh, it's not my intention. But just a fair warning that if you plan to see this movie, I'm going to be spoiling some things for you. Also, fair warning, don't see this movie. It's terrible. It's awful. Don't waste your money on this. If you watch it for free on Netflix, then you're just giving up time. And sure. But when you give up money, you're giving up double time. Think about this. When you go see a movie and you're spending... Uh, now, for me, my theater, those showings I went to, they were six bucks each. So I'm out six dollars. I'm also out the time that it took me to watch this movie. And I'm also out the time that it took me to earn the six bucks to watch this movie. Yeah, it's double time that you're losing when you're spending money on something like this. And I, uh, this was my celebration. This was my, hey, I'm going to go out and just sit down and, 
and have a, you know, veg out time and just enjoy myself watching a fun movie. No, 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 no. I punished myself for finishing the Christ. I mean, this sounds really awful, but, oh, I hated this movie with a, a seriously, a, a passion. This is one of the worst movies I've ever seen in the theater. One of the worst movies I've ever seen in a theater and one of the worst movies I've seen, maybe even the worst movie I've seen in the last, let's say two years. Uh, I don't know how this would stack up against Riddick, which I remember Riddick just really, oh man, I hated that. Hated, hated, hated that. But uh, it was terrible. It was awful. Now, Ant-Man, I would actually give that a B, maybe a B plus. I don't think it's, it quite deserves an A, um, but but definitely a, a B. I mean, it's, it's right there. But with Pixels, I don't want to give it an F because I laughed once. And there were some stylistic flourishes, like when they're playing video games in the opening, there was this kind of stylistic flourish where you saw things moving around on the screen. And uh, so uh, can I give it a D minus? I mean, does a D minus, should I give it that, that half a, you know, point or whatever, that's going to take it from failing to barely passing. Maybe I should just give it an F. In my notes, I put a D minus, but I'm giving this an F. I, I hated this movie. It was flat. It was not funny. It was completely unfunny. It was, I, you know, the laugh. I can't even remember why I laughed, but I remember just kind of, <laughs> and then thinking, oh, I just laughed. I remember actually thinking in the theater. I just laughed at that. And it, when I went into this, I expected that I might not like it because it's an Adam Sandler movie and it has Kevin, uh, Kevin James in it. I like Kevin James. I can kind of like Adam Sandler, but I was expecting it to be, you know, maybe there'd just be a lot of just off color jokes, you know, and that's why it's a PG 13 and okay. It wasn't off color jokes. It, there wasn't poop and pee jokes. Well, no, there was one pee joke at least, um, where spoiler Qbert wets himself with pixelated P which doesn't make any sense because he was eating physical food and then turned it into pixelated P I guess. I don't know. It wasn't funny. It was flat. And there were a couple people in the theater who laughed a little bit, but you know what else happened in my theater? I had these people sitting over here to the left of me in my theater and they were just talking. One guy, he was just take out his phone and screen shining in my out of the corner of my eye. He starts talking on the phone. He's there with his kids halfway through. They just got up and walked out, just left. They just left. Apparently they said, you know what? The, you know, whatever 30 bucks that they spent to come and go and see that movie. Yeah. It was worth the loss, I guess, or something. But the theater I was in, I, there was, um, uh, I'm being generous to say 16 people there. And, and that's being really, 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 really generous. When I say there were 16 people there and five of them walked out. Now, this is 930 on a Thursday night. I understand. I get it. But uh, anyway, I it, it took a creative concept. Turned it into something that either should have been, I mean, there should have been lots of one-liners, but there weren't, there weren't one-liners and at least dumb one-liners. I at least expected this to be a dumb movie that I kind of liked because it was dumb, 
rather than a boring movie that doesn't even try. I really did feel like they, they just didn't even try. The end turned into this just mess of storytelling that couldn't even follow its own logic. At the very end, they're doing Donkey Kong, and suddenly Adam Sandler and the girl and Kevin James turn into these ninja-like people where they're able to you know, jump and flip, and there's nothing setting this up at the beginning of the movie. Nothing at all sets up superpowers, and it's the aliens who are challenging the Earth to life-size video games, and they get three tries, three lives. This Conceptually, this is kind of cool. The aliens come and they say, we'll give you three tries to defeat us. And if you lose three times or we lose three times, you know, the other side wins. If we lose three times, we'll leave. If you lose three times, we will destroy the earth. And so the aliens then bring them up to a final battle on the Donkey Kong uh, steel girder thing or whatever. And... I don't understand why they would give either Adam Sandler and his team actually had these kind of ninja moves before, which there is no indication whatsoever that they would, or the aliens powered them up so they would be more fair in the game. I just don't see any reason for the aliens to power them up. They don't say it at all. And it just, it's like, okay, it looks cool, I guess, but it it just and 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 you're watching the movie and i just feel like okay they don't know who they're making this movie for are they making this movie for 13 year olds who have never played these games because if they're making this movie for 13 year olds it does not feel like that kind of movie but every once in a while it kind of does and or are they making this movie for 40 year olds like me who remember playing those games that's the reason i went i thought there'd be a, a little burst of nostalgia. I thought that if at least it would be a dumb movie I didn't like, but I felt good revisiting the games that I used to play when I was a kid. And instead, I just got this movie where they just didn't try. They just didn't try. The end, the final act of the movie, they just gave up and said, you know what? All these things we set up. One of the, the plot elements at the very beginning was the Galaga patterns of the, the flight patterns of the Galaga creatures that were coming and attacking were based on the 1982 or 1981 version of the machine. Any versions you have now would be from 1986, that version of the game. Okay, clever little element. I, you know, a little bit of trivia. Uh, but instead, you know, so you're thinking, okay, so we sent up this space thing that has videotape of us playing video games and the aliens take that as a challenge. And so then this thing comes back and like, they've set this up as a rule. They're challenging us with games pre 1982, but then the games that actually are attacking in the final battle, they're things that can't be pre 1982. And the other thing is they're building these creatures out of pixels. And so Qbert is built out of, pixels and he is sent to us and he's a trophy and he's talking and they don't use him the way they should. I mean, they, uh, I'm spending too much time thinking about this. I'm spending too much time analyzing this. I shouldn't be because everything's pixelated and that's great. It's a great style. It's a great look, but then there's this computer generated pixelated female warrior video game character, which is made up. I think 
I'm pretty sure I never saw that video game. But one of the characters fell in love with her when he was 10, back in 1981. And he would talk to her in the video game. And he would, you know, he had, it was, uh, you know, that fantasy crush that, that some people have where it's a character or, um, you know, it's an actress or an actor and they have a crush on this, this person that is not real or they have a crush on a person who is real, but they have a crush on the unreal uh, character they portray. And he falls in love with this character. Well, surprise, surprise, this video game warrior woman is sent to earth. And when she shows up, I'm like, oh, I wasn't expecting that at all. This, that was sarcasm. I was expecting it. Here's what I didn't expect. I didn't expect her to change from a pixelated thing, which I thought would be so cool. She changed into a real woman. Now, she's a pretty woman that they used. And she was, um, she ends up being a love interest, I guess, for the character. I mean, she really, she doesn't say anything. She never um, gives any kind of indication that she has any kind of agency at all. She's just a, you know, mindless drone sent down from the aliens although Kubert had some agency so maybe maybe she did have some but because she ends up choosing to fight on the side of the humans but she should have stayed pixelated she and that's that's the cheat that's the cheat they cheat and they just say okay well we have to do this because we have to do it we the, the story we want to tell isn't going to get us from point a to point b unless we break the rules you already set up when we did point a and it's just, ah, oh, they just stopped trying. They, they just didn't even try. And the actors are just walking through this movie. Uh, you know, people going to see this movie uh, at the end. Well, no, the, the people making this movie at the end, I felt like they were just saying, ah, forget it. You know, no one's even going to care if this makes sense. They just want to see Adam Sandler making funny faces and saying funny things in a funny voice. Hey, Sandler, do you care if this makes sense? No, I do, I do, I do, I do, you know, and great. Can you do that funny voice on the camera? No, my, my contract says I'm only supposed to show up and say the lines in the front of the camera and scream a little bit. And ah, it's okay. Nobody cares anyway. I know I'm a famous actor, man. Now give me some candy. I just felt like Adam Sandler came, showed up on the set, hanging out with his friends, drinking beer. And then they said, okay, we gotta, we gotta make this movie now, you know? And, and so Adam Sandler's like, yeah, okay, come on boys. And then they just go and they say their lines in front of the camera. They scream a little bit when they're supposed to. And it's like, they said, well, if Adam Sandler's not going to try to be funny, let's just not even bother giving him funny lines. Let's just not even bother giving him lines that could even possibly funny in an alternate universe where everyone is Adam Sandler. It just was a terrible movie and i've spent way too much time talking about this terrible terrible movie but i hated the way uh you know i with ant-man the father-daughter stuff resounded with me because i'm a father i have daughters i didn't like the way uh the character of hope evangeline lily was used but i understood why they did what they did okay i understand story-wise why it happened that way. I understand character arc wise for the two primary male leads, why they did what they did. And I, I know that they were setting some things up for the future. And hopefully we'll get to see those future things. Uh, hopefully we'll actually get to see them come into being with this movie with pixels though. The women are there to look good. 
the women are there to be jokes. The women are, I mean, the men are too. The men are there to be jokes. Don't get me wrong. But the men are not necessarily there to look good. They don't have to look good because they're Adam Sandler and Kevin James, you know, but no, we want to make sure we get the most beautiful actresses possible because nobody's going to see this if they have normal looking wives or a normal looking love interest. We got the normal looking guys, but we can't have the normal looking women. And I know it's Hollywood. It's Hollywood. That's what they do, but they don't have to do it. And here in this movie, they could have done this so much better. Why didn't they do it so much better? Because they didn't want to spend the time. It's lazy. It's lazy. And it frustrated me because I wanted to see something that would be a nostalgic thing. I shouldn't have seen this movie because Kubert in this movie compared to Kubert and say Wreck-It Ralph. Wreck-It Ralph does it right. Wreck-It Ralph says, hey, you like these things. Here's the new things. We're going to put them, bring them together. This movie took the nostalgia that I wanted to have and said, yeah, we're not going to try. We're just, we know you're coming because you like the stuff, but we're not going to try. Ant-Man didn't do that. Ant-Man knew people were going because it's a Marvel movie, but they didn't just say, we're not going to try because it's a Marvel movie and you're coming anyway. They, they actually, you felt like the people making the movie, even though it was second, I mean, they've been working on Ant-Man for years and this wasn't the original crew coming in to make this movie. It wasn't even their original vision that we were seeing on the screen. We're on the screen. Well, I shouldn't say that the original vision for Ant-Man was somebody else's was Edgar Wright's. And then the other team had to come in because Edgar Wright left the movie. And so they're taking his vision. They're incorporating their own vision. I felt like pixels had no vision. I had no vision other than, yeah, remember video games are cool. And remember when we only had three lives and remember when the graphics weren't great and we're going to kind of make it into a great big long joke. The best thing about pixels, honestly, the best thing about pixels. And this is what frustrated me even more. When I realized this, the end credits retold the whole movie with eight bit graphics it retold the whole movie as if you were watching it coming out of an Atari 2600 or maybe even Atari 5200 or, you know, a video game console console, uh, you know, or a video game, an arcade game. It's and it told the whole movie, the whole thing. And it was more energetic and more fun to watch than the actual movie. I am not joking now i made a joke about how bad uh amazing spider-man 2 was on my last uh podcast from welcome to Love, actually the ant-man episode welcome to Love 7 that i've pointed you to amen uh welcome to level7.com slash ant-man movie and the joke was you know the tree that fell on my van and totaled it was more fun than amazing spider-man 2 now that's an exaggeration a little bit of an exaggeration Amazing Spider-Man 2 had some moments. I like Andrew Garfield, but it wasn't a great movie. I, If I say that about Pixels, I was thinking about this. The branch that fell on my van and totaled it was more fun than watching Pixels. There, I, It can almost be true because my van was totaled, but 
it's going to be replaced. And because that tree branch fell out, we were able to see that the, the tree needs, uh, the tree branch looked really healthy, you know, but uh, the branch on the inside was, was dead and rotted. And, and so it showed us, you know, it's like a whitewashed tomb kind of thing where, you know, on the outside is brand new paint, but on the inside, it's just bones and, and rotting flesh, you know, and, you know, talking about that's what pixels was. Pixels was a whitewashed tomb. Pixels was that branch that looked great on the outside and the trailers thought, oh, you know, that could be. And then I go in and no, no, lifeless, dead, uh, flat, unfunny. So I've just spent 40 minutes talking about two movies. Uh, if I split the difference that I spent 20 minutes, I know I spent more talking about Pixels than I did about Ant-Man. But that's because I didn't want to spoil Ant-Man. I would like you to see Ant-Man. I think it would be great for you to go see Ant-Man or at least rent it on Redbox. If you're spending a buck or watching it on Netflix, you know, when it comes out, check out Ant-Man. Uh, but I spent $6 on this movie, Pixels. I spent an hour and a half in the theater on this movie pixels i spent 25 minutes now maybe yeah i'd say if we split the difference it's going to be 25 minutes for one 15 for the other i spent this time to save you okay you don't get three lives here you only get one if you choose to go see that movie you've used up that life i may be overstating things I'm definitely overstating things, but um, all that to say, man, what an awful, awful, awful movie. Wasted potential. I've used this example before. I've used this metaphor before about the, you know, the girl who I had in my class when I was teaching high school English and she had so much potential, so much potential, but she just decided, you know what, what's, what's the use? I'm just going to float through. I don't have to, I don't have to apply myself to get through high school. I don't have to use my potential to get through what I need to get through to get through high school. And she was right. She was right. In order to just get through high school, she didn't have to apply herself. And it was sad. It was really sad. It was one of those things that I realized, oh man, what can I do you know, for her? Because I wanted to help students who couldn't do well. I wanted to help students who needed the help. But with her, she needed the help, but in a different way. And that's what Pixels is. Pixels is her. It's not as tragic, except for the money they spent to actually make this movie. No, 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 wait, wait, wait. This is tragic, because who directed this movie? It's Chris Columbus. Chris Columbus wrote, uh, let's see here, wrote Gremlins, wrote Young Sherlock Holmes, wrote The Goonies, wrote Gremlins 2, which I, ha I haven't seen, uh, he directed three, no, he directed two Harry Potter movies. He directed, ah, Mrs. Doubtfire, okay, whatever. He directed Home Alone. Uh, okay, this is a man who, boy, oh, if he could have just brought the Gremlins energy. <laughs> Although he didn't direct Gremlins. Uh, who directed Gremlins here? Uh, if, oh, Joe Dante, that's right, Joe Dante. Um, 
But if he could have brought that gremlin's energy, uh, if he could have brought, oh, man, yeah, no, no, that my my example. Okay, I'm, of course, going to IMDb has now changed my my thought process here. But that girl in high school that I'm lamenting right now, who I don't know whatever happened to her. I just, uh, I I just you know feel bad because some of the the journal entries she wrote for class assignments talking about just wanting to float through or whatever. But, um he's her i mean this that's what that's what's happened here he just decided i don't have to try i have adam sandler and i have a concept that's gonna bring in 40 year olds those kids who had to scrounge around for quarters to play video games but now they have disposable income six dollars of disposable income that i have lost thanks to you christopher columbus not christopher chris chris columbus and Adam Sandler, Kevin James, <sighs> Adam Sandler, I liked you. I do. You know, you are a part of my nostalgia of high school because of what you did on, on Saturday Night Live. And, you know, most of your movies I don't really like, but I usually will laugh a couple times at least. Oh, it's been 45 minutes. It is time to stop talking about this movie. So I will say this. Thank you for listening. If I have saved you six bucks, 10 bucks, 15 bucks, or $1.29 in Redbox, then I have done my job. And if you went and saw Ant-Man and enjoyed it and at least smiled, why, uh, I smiled. I mean, I, I realized sitting there uh, watching Ant-Man, I stopped taking notes after a little while and just sat back and I kind of smiled. And I laughed out loud a few times, but I mean, I smiled because I was having a good time. I wish that that was the experience I got from Pixels. Why am I still talking about Pixels? It is time for me to stop right now. Thanks for listening. Godspeed. Thanks for listening to the Strangers and Aliens summer movie series. You can email us at podcast.strangersandaliens.com or leave us a voicemail at 1-804-37-ALIEN. That's 1-804-372-5436. We'd love to hear from you. You can also go to our website, strangersandaliens.com, leave a comment on the blog, or check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash strangersandaliens. We're also on Twitter, Strange and Alien. Check us out. This podcast is a proud member of the Crossover Nexus, a group of podcasts and blogs that engage faith and pop culture. Find out more at www.crossovernexus.com. Chris Columbus, Adam Sandler, Kevin James, you should be ashamed of yourselves for taking those games that we love and turning them into a great, big, super-duper, steaming pile of mediocre movie.